Fulcrum Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday, and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod and at Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast. So be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes. Hi, my name is Sage. You can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Sage Sindula. Hi, my name is Claire. Um, my pronouns are she, her. You can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Claire Crees. And today, welcome back to Girl Boss of the Week. Uh, today, we're talking about Savine Wren, who we all know and love from uh, Star Wars Rebels. So just your your spoiler warning, spoilers for Star Wars Rebels. Um, and unfortunately, like nothing else. Like, unfortunately, we can't. I was really about to say, spoilers for literally only Rebels. Mm-hmm. Because she <laughs> just... But it's okay. She's gonna be in the Ahsoka series. But yeah, where is the Sabine Wren novel? Like I'm already starting that, but like, where is it? Where's the comic series? I want it yeah. all. Yeah. Sabine Wren comic series would slay, actually. It would be so good. I think it'd actually be better than a novel, just because yeah. art. The art. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyways, we're gonna do our thing where we try to start in chronological order. It's not gonna work. Uh, but yeah, Sabine Wren. We first see her um, in episode one of season one of Star Wars Rebels, where she is working with the ghost crew, um, just, you know, a little crew of some little gay guys, and uh, she meets Ezra Bridger. What a time. What a time to be alive. Yeah. Remember when Ezra, like, flirted with her and she was like, I'm a lesbian? I do remember And then people still ship them, and I'm like... She could not be more clearly not attracted to men, but, like, nice try. (laughs) Like, ship who you want, but I have some news for you, bestie. (laughs) The girl is gay. Uh, Anyways, yeah, we can talk about that, too, later on, um, because she does have some really gay moments. I think that everyone in the Ghost crew is queer, um, but we... (laughs) I digress. I digress. (laughs) Um, I think the first thing we know about Sabine is that she is a Mandalorian. Obviously, she has um, lots of weapons and Mandalorian armor, um, and that is clear that she is a fighter in literally the first scene she's in when she's fighting stormtroopers on Lothal. Um, yeah, I love that for her. I, I, why I love Sabine's character so much is because like so much of her arc is rooted in her you know, finding her culture, finding what it means to be a Mandalorian for herself um, because she is alone. She's not with any other Mandalorians and we don't really know why until a bit later in the series. But um, yeah, usually Mandalorians kind of stick together. So yeah, definitely. And I think like, I won't get into too much of like her backstory yet because we don't really get a lot of that until the later seasons. But yeah, for sure, like I mean, she's obviously the newest member of the Ghost Crew, like, excluding Ezra. And (sighs) Sabine's, like, story before Rebels, my frenemy, because, like, I'm obsessed with all of, like, the lore about her. But, like, girl is only, like, 16 years old at the start of Rebels. And then, like, like, every time we learn something more about her backstory, I'm like, but she did all that before age 16. Like, literally how? So I'm like, she must have joined the Ghost Crew, like, not that long before the start of Rebels and like there's definitely like 
she's definitely not a very like trusting person like it's hard for her to trust people and like like Hera even like explicitly says that about her a couple times so like I think that when we first like meet the ghost crew through like Ezra joining them she is still not really like one figured out what her like place with them is and two figured out like how much she's willing to trust them whereas like by the end of the series they're literally her second family um and I think that like the addition of Ezra to the crew definitely was like ended up helping with that too because the two of them like yeah once again sorry Sabine Ezra Shabruz but to me they're like siblings um (laughs) and so by the end of the series like she literally considers him like her brother um and considers like Kanan and Hera to be like a second set of parents to her and so I think that like we it's nice that we get to kind of see her like at the beginning where she hasn't been with them for probably that long and doesn't maybe fully trust them yet or know like if she wants to stick with them or whatever and there's definitely like like early on sort of like later in season one I guess um when they start like when we start learning more about like Fulcrum and but like before we know that Ahsoka is Fulcrum um Sabine is like kind of upset because she's like why don't you guys trust me to like talk to Fulcrum and to like go on these missions or whatever and Hera's kind of like well it's like a real like not that many people like no one can know who Fulcrum is or like what they're doing because it would put Ahsoka in danger um but Sabine basically takes it as like them not trusting her or them treating her like a child which like I mean she is she's like 16 years old but like she feels like an adult and considering how much she's done by that point like yeah and so I think that like there's definitely like a lack of trust there at least like going from her to the others like it's I don't think that like Kanan or Hera don't trust her like it seems like they fully do but like from her perspective um and so I don't think it's till like I don't think till like season three is probably when she's like completely like yeah this is my family I trust these people with my life and like I would follow them into like any fight whatever um so I like that we get to kind of see that journey for her and knowing that like as a character she's not a very trusting person because like one just like her nature but also like everything that's happened to her why would she be um but like she kind of gets to overcome that with the help of the rest of the crew just thinking about I like Maybe I won't talk about Kanan and Hera on the Sabine podcast, um, but I do really enjoy like watching her Sabine's relationship with Kanan and Hera specifically grow over the course of Rebels. Because you know, getting into her backstory a little bit, she she does join um, the Empire. She she joins the Imperial Academy and helps basically develop this weapon that would be used to destroy her people. Um, And so, you know, she's seen now by her family and her people as as a villain, as a a horrible person. Um, And so her parents, they, they disown her, and that's why she ends up alone, most likely around the age of like 12 or 13. So seeing that, you know, having that like backstory for her and then watching how well she gets along with Kanan and Hera at all is so um sad and upsetting um because like I don't know 
I would never trust anyone, any parental figure ever again um, after that. But I do think that obviously Kanan and Hera are perfect. Um, and so they have no issues whatsoever. Like name an issue. No, it's not. <laughs> um, but, you know, that is like the thing, like you were saying, like she thinks they don't trust her immediately. And really that's just like how being a, a part of the rebellion um, some a, a group that is a, going against the empire is going to be there's going to be secrets and there's going to be things that we can't tell everybody even Kanan doesn't know about the rebellion in the first season of Rebels um, and he is literally Spectre one so that's interesting um, <laughs> but you know I think that she is she's someone who is so like she loves people so much and that's why it's so hard for her to trust people is because it's like oh look what happened literally every single person that she knew before joining the ghost crew did uh betray her did abandon her um and so I think something like that happening just over and over again I feel like we talk about this a lot actually like I feel like every time we have a girl boss of the week we're like yeah this girl has been betrayed over and over and over again by people in her life. Hmm, Star Wars, why am I just realizing this now? <laughs> and I think we, we usually talk about it with like villainous characters of the antagonist. But uh, so I guess it is nice to see like a protagonist character, a character that's good, quote unquote. I mean, Sabine does kill a lot of people. Um, but she's a good heart she's a girl boss so she does belong on this podcast um but she's good she's part of the rebellion and um but to have that background for her wow I feel like I just had a realization on the podcast I feel like I also am like wow how did I not realize this before we literally talk about this every single week anyways to be fair everyone in rebels has like a bad history with their family or like right is Kanan and like never even knew his own parents um <laughs> so like Sabine's not I don't want to be like she's not special for that because that like downgrades everything that happened to her but like it is actually when you like you think about it and you're like okay literally every mm, I'm feeling no I'm not going to talk about Trials of the Dark Saber yet because <laughs> if I do I'll literally spend the rest of this episode talking about that episode so scratch that but yeah like literally every single member of the ghost crew because, like, that's how they all come together is because, like, they don't have anywhere else to go. Like, Kanan, like, his whole order got wiped out and he lost his master and, like, he lost everything and he has nowhere to, no one to turn to. Hera, like, left her home planet. She isn't, at the start of Rebels, she isn't getting along with her father. Her mother's died. Zeb's literally, like, basically his entire race got wiped out. Um, and then Ezra's parents, obviously, have been gone and he later finds out they died. Um, everyone's really not having a good time in the ghost crew basically but like that's the best part about the found family and I think that rebels like does found family it's just so good like they literally invented found family like anyone who did found family before rebels no No, they didn't didn't. (laughs) (laughs) you wish you were star wars rebels um and like yeah by the end of the series they really are a little family and I will cry about it every single day of my life um and Sabine like like I was saying like she starts out kind of like I don't like at the beginning of Rebels she wouldn't be like oh this is my family she's like these are people that I am working with and staying with for now um 
but like towards the end of the series she's probably the member of the crew that's the most adamant about like no we are a family and like we do have to look out for each other and that's why like when everything is said and done like everyone's kind of moved on with their life you know Zeb has gone um back to Lirasan with his boyfriend Callus, and like Hera and Chopper are fighting in the rebellion um and like probably working for the new republic once the war is over Ezra is out there with Ron somewhere but Sabine is still like looking for Ezra of course but just like kind of keeping her like memories of those people alive even though they're not like all in the same place anymore and as for Kanan like he's not there anymore but she's very much like this is my family and I need to like you know keep fighting for what we fought for and then eventually like and like look after Lothal and also like go be the one to go like find Ezra and bring him home and like reunite what's left of their little family um so we just love her character development and her story arc she's everything to me I was gonna say um that I feel like the difference between Sabine and the rest of the the ghost crew um and also Claire I don't appreciate you excluding Chopper from literally everything right now (laughs) I was I literally said him and Hera were fighting in the rebellion. Okay, and that was it. Like, that was the first time he said Chopper in the, like, 15 to 20 oh, Because when I'm talking about their families, like, we don't know who Chopper, mm-hmm. who was... Do, do we not? He literally... We know where Hera got Wars. him, and we know he was a Clone Wars veteran, but we don't know who was, like... Uh-huh. Who's we he, know like, he was a Clone Wars veteran and landed on Ryloth, so we can assume that he was a part of the Republic, um, meaning that his person who he piloted his y-wing but we don't know who that was we don't know anything about them okay and what about it like they're okay you know what i'm letting it go i forgive you for now um as i was saying the difference between sabine and everyone else is that you know ezra's parents are are missing and we know that they're dead but he doesn't know that at first um and like Hera, she left her family. That was her choice. Um, I think that the person that she really, that Sabine really gets along with the most is is Kanan um, throughout the entire series because they were the ones who were both betrayed by their family. I know that Kanan doesn't really have like a traditional family like Sabine did, but he also, you know, the age that Kanan was during the Clone Wars, he was a kid, his family was basically Depa Balaba and the clones, and the clones literally killed Depa Balaba in front of him, but we won't talk about that, um, but I think that's why they really do get along so well at first, is because, and throughout the entire series, he's literally her dad, like, he's literally her dad, that is, anyways, I won't talk about it right now, because I'll be too upset, but, um, yeah, I don't remember where I was going with this, but sorry, I started thinking about Chopper and then I couldn't stop. So the rest of it just, it went out the window. Moving forward a little bit, let's talk mm-hmm. about Sabine's girlfriend, Ketsu Onyo, which mm-hmm. yet again, she, and then, so like, we're like, okay, yeah, she came from Mandalore. Like she was in the Imperial Academy, all this stuff happened. And then she's like, and then I was a bounty hunter for like an extended period of time. Girl, you were like 14, like it's really Crazy. giving Boba Fett. <laughs> Please. No, but literally. And like, yeah, they were literally girlfriends. I, hmm, that scene where Katsuonio was like, we were like sisters. And I'm like, no, 
you were like girlfriends because you were because you kissed on the mouth but yeah like the fact that she literally had to become a bounty hunter as like a young teenager just to like literally survive because she's like a 13 year old and it's not like having been to the imperial academy and like we know she's really smart we know she's good with weapons because she's a mandalorian she like had the skill set necessary um and she had katsu onyo and so they kind of were like besties slash girlfriends for a while um and then whatever happened there happened and then sabine was like yeah well i'm gonna like join the rebellion and fight the empire because so true of her um and then they meet up again and Katsuonio is like you should be a bounty hunter again and Sabine is like alternatively you should join the rebellion but she's like eh, I don't know and then fast forward a little bit and she's like fully a part of the rebellion and I'm like so true Sabine recruit your old girlfriend to come fight in the rebellion with you and all your new besties um but yeah that whole episode of the two of them and also like Ezra and Chopper there um just the besties but yeah when we are learning more about like Sabine used to be a lot more like ruthless and like really I want to say like doing what she had to do to survive because it's not like she's no longer doing that but like really was like I just need to survive and I don't really I like I can't afford to like pick and choose what I'm willing to do to do that um and so I think that's why like like she could have kept going on as a bounty hunter and like she would have been fine like I'm sure she was good at it whatever but like Hera and Kanan taking her in and being like you don't have to like literally be doing whatever you can to survive like we can support you and in return you can help us fight the empire but yeah I love that episode every Sabine centric episode I'm like give me more like going into season three and four, I'm like, okay, there's more here. But like seasons one and two, there's not enough Sabine, like Sabine centric episodes. Sorry, Ezra, but like maybe you should have less episodes and Sabine should have more. That is my controversial opinion of the day about Star Wars Rebels is that there should be less Ezra and more Sabine. <laughs> I'm gonna get canceled for saying that. Mm, but you're not wrong. I'm not. literally not sorry I'm making it sound like I hate, hate Ezra I don't <laughs> I don't okay. hate Ezra I just think that like I I love his like story and his character but I feel like if I met him in real life I would be like you're the most annoying person that I've ever met in my entire life um <laughs> but like I do love the like character arc that he has in Rebels and I really am interested in like what they're gonna do with him in Ahsoka anyway this isn't about him though so I'm an Ezra Bridger stan like he's literally when I watched Rebels I was like he's literally one of my favorite Jedi ever um I do agree that there needs to be more Sabine though anyways like (laughs) thinking about what happened after that it's literally Trials of the Darksaber time time for really well first she (laughs) finds the dark they find the Darksaber in Maul's weird like little cave that he lives in like a weird yeah like a picture of satine on the wall what is wrong with you anyway um and then they find the dark saber there and also sabine and kanan get like possessed that was an interesting episode because that's when their um maul is like oh ezra come with me we're gonna like do some like night sister magic and what i'm gonna find obi-wan whatever he was trying to do in rebels um 
and then Sabine and Kanan show up and like get possessed and then they're like oh look the Darksaber's here that episode yeah. it's traditional Dave Filoni fashion to have somebody get possessed in the show yeah <laughs> but like why do I have to be Sabine leave her out of this leave her out of this um, um yeah. anyway so yeah then they get the Darksaber and then she's like I want nothing to do with this and then Fen Rao is like <laughs> okay he's just I kind of forget that he exists sometimes which is like so bad because he's like really important he's just a funny guy is he, anyway is he really important he's important to Sabine mm. so he's important to me okay that's how he it works is, he is voiced by the same guy who plays Owen on Grey's Anatomy I'm I literally cannot watch the scenes that he is in because I <laughs> hate Owen on Grey's Anatomy. Like, it makes me feel like I'm, like, watching Grey's Anatomy and I'm like, this is really bad. Oh, my God. Grey's Anatomy rebels at you. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Hera is Meredith and Kanan is McDreamy. I forgot his real name. <laughs> I literally have no idea what you're talking about. Maybe it's maybe zero it's been... episodes of Grey's Anatomy in my life. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel a little bit attacked right now. Um. Anyways, you know what? Good for you. Honestly, couldn't be. I know. Like, are you telling me I should watch Grey's Anatomy? No. Like, I don't think anyone should watch Grey's Anatomy. But it was like a part of my childhood. In my childhood, I mean, like going into high school. So. Mm, whatever you're young it's okay what it's an old show it's been on longer than you've been alive I can't anyway <laughs> I'm sorry I was busy watching Supernatural when Grey's Anatomy was oh my popular, god thank so. god I'm not a Supernatural fan see I'm not anymore okay oh anyway. my god this is such a great conversation about Sabine Red. yeah why are you derailing the conversation from Sabine that's not me. It's literally you. Started you started talking about Grey's Anatomy. You started talking about the guy who is the same voice as the guy on Grey's Anatomy. Ben Rao, who's in Rebels, who canonically interacts with Sabine and is the one who's like, hey, you should you learn to use the Darksaber. Fen Rao, the person who I literally did not remember until you brought up his name. I don't think he's that important. <laughs> he literally is the one who's like, okay, Trials of the Darksaber time. Let's get into it. Trials of the Darksaber is my favorite piece of star wars content ever created like everyone knows oh. this about me already but Midnight horizon erasure but whatever okay <laughs> yeah okay. Trials of the Dark Midnight horizon is my favorite star wars piece of media ever so yeah it's half of the pod. it's up there it's top five for sure okay keep talking about sabine <laughs> turning into our like argument episode <laughs> anyway um trials of the dark saber I literally have watched the episode like at least a hundred times. Like it's really bad. I'll literally be like sitting around every single day and be like, you know, I should watch Trials of the Dark Saber again. Okay, Claire, you shouldn't be doing that. But anyway, um, so yeah, she wants nothing to do with the Dark Saber. And then Kane and Jarris. I don't know why I just said Kane and Jarris. <laughs> I'm calling everybody a full okay? I literally feel like I'm losing <laughs> brain cells. It's because I have Sabine's like Wikipedia page next to me in case I need to reference anything, and I happen to see like Kanan's last name on there so when I started talking about him I was like Kanan Jarris um Kanan we're on a first name basis actually so is like I know him hey, personally I actually do know him personally um and he told me to call him Kanan anyway Cross <laughs> the dark saber um and then Kanan is like hey Fen Rao 
look at this, the Darksaber, and Fenrao is like, that's crazy. Um, maybe Sabine should learn to use that. And Kanan's like, I don't know. She doesn't even want anything to do with it. And then they talk to Sabine about it. And at first she's like, no, I don't want it. But then eventually she's like, okay, fine, whatever. And so then they start training her. Let me just, first of all, once again, like not to keep slandering Ezra Bridger. However, Trials of the Darksaber is the episode that makes me be like, mm, maybe you're kind of annoying actually. Because like, why is he even there? quickly why is he there he's literally not helping at all he's just like making snarky comments the entire time but anyway so Kanan starts training Sabine and she's like struggling and then a bunch of other things happen this is also (laughs) imagine if I did a better job of explaining the plot of this episode after I was like this is literally my favorite piece of Star Wars media and then I'm like literally just talking in circles um there's a scene in this episode where Kanan and Hera are like communicating because she's not with him she's like back at the ghost or wherever back at the base um and he's like Sabine is like so like she won't like let go she won't connect whatever and Hera is like remember what happened to her like remember when we found her and how she like didn't trust us at all and like maybe you just need to like believe in her more and like help her believe in herself blah 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 so true this is where I am once again like Hera Syndulla understands Sabine Wren more than anyone she gets it um and then and Sabine gets frustrated and she storms off Ezra says some things that I have why would you say that anyway and then she comes back (laughs) it's when he's like she's like she's like um I don't want to like train to use the darksaber because like then I have to deal with all the stuff back home and like my family and like I don't even want to know if I want to go back to Mandalore like maybe I just want to stay away and then Ezra is like well at least you have parents to go back to why would you say like like genuinely sorry that you like that what happened to your parents is so awful but like like this isn't about not the time (laughs) not the time and then Sabine is like feels bad about it and I'm like okay girl but your problems are also valid like your family literally like cast you out when you were probably like 13 years old but anyway then we get to my literal favorite scene in all of Star Wars which is when Sabine like first ignites the darksaber and her and Kanan are in Kanan still like training her whatever and she starts like opening up to him about like her past and stuff and I just am and she's like I just love it. I just love that scene so much. I love it, like, and this is what really, like, solidifies that, like, her and Kanan have one of my favorite, like, relationships in all of Star Wars, because she's, like, angry and frustrated and just, like, letting it all out and, like, kind of taking it out on him almost, and he's just, like, letting it happen. Like, he's, like, this is what you need, one, to, like, learn how to wield this saber and, like, face your people whatever but also just like emotionally like sometimes you just need to let out your anger and a lot I feel like in Star Wars everyone needs to like release their emotions and so that's why I love this episode so much because Sabine gets to like do that while also like like telling them everything and kind of like unpacking everything that has happened to her since she left her home and like even before that um and also it's when we get like the full story of what happened to her because we knew like she had issues with her parents like she was in the imperial academy all this stuff but that's where it kind of all like comes together and we get to hear her like tell what actually happened Kanan hugs her afterward and yeah 
I cry a lot every single time, every single time. And then Kanan, I'm gonna literally cry right now. Kanan is like, this family, like know that this family will always have your back. Anyway. Yeah. I'm gonna cry. But yeah, (laughs) I love Trials of the Darksaber so, so much. And then it also sets up my other favorite Rebels episodes, which are the like two-part Heroes of Mandalore episodes. I think we all know why I like those ones so much. Um, (laughs) But yeah, Kanan just literally like being like, yeah, we're going to support you no matter what. And Sabine being like, wow, now I actually have a family who like is going to stand by me. And like the important thing is that she believes him. Like it's not like, oh yeah, we're going to like stay by your side no matter what. And she's like, okay, yeah, whatever, sure. But she's like, no, like, I actually believe in these people. I actually trust these people. And, like, they've had her back up until that point. Um, And so she knows that they're not just going to, like, leave her behind when she does something they don't like or, like, abandon her when they don't need her anymore. That was my really long-winded rant about Trials of the Dark Saber. I don't think it made any sense, but... Kanan and Sabine are really like Joel and Ellie when you really think about it. No, why would you... (laughs) But it's true. And Kanan dies, so it's, like, really like them. Remember when... (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't have had two coffees today when I knew I was going to be talking about Trials of the Darksaber. I would really, really enjoy, like, a Sabine revenge quest. I would really appreciate it, to be honest. We can't be doing this. Why? It would be so good, though. And she's a lesbian. Are you kidding me? It really, she really is just Ellie. Wow. When will Sabine, if if they don't want Sabine kiss a woman in the Ahsoka series, like literally what is the point? Like what is the point? Like what that is, is like I'm already like eh, about that show, but like Sabine, you're my only hope. <laughs> literally. <laughs> People are like, I hope Sabine shows up in the Mandalorian. I'm like the Mandalorian as written by John Favreau, I no! don't think so. Oh my god, I don't think so. If, if Sabine Wren shows up in the middle of Bo-Katan's evil woman arc, I'm gonna literally lose my mind. Oh my god, it'll be like parallels of that scene in Heroes of Mandalore, which we'll talk about at some point, Um, where Bo-Katan is like, this isn't like our way, like when Sabine is like using the Duchess on the Imperial, like the Mandalorians who were siding with the Empire. And like the stormtroopers or whatever. Um, and it'll be like that, except it'll be Sabine being like girly. What do you do? Knock it off. Girly. No, actually, acting- so actually, Sabine is the secondary antagonist of the Mandalorian season. <laughs> Sabine shows up and is like, girly, what are you doing? You're acting like you were written by a man. That's John Favreau, dude, do you even watch Heroes of Mandalore before you wrote The Mandalorian? Because I John don't Favreau- think so. Have you ever met a woman in your life? <laughs> but like her kid, but like, did you not, did you not watch it? Because I've watched those episodes many times and never, like every single time I'm like, what, how did we get, how did we get here? Like, how did we get from here to yeah. Mandalorian season three? Bryce Dallas Howard, you're my only world. hope. You are my only hope. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We'll be having a lot of that next year for sure. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm already prepared. I already have like, mm, it's fine. Anyway, back to Rebels, which is actually a good show. The episode, I think, directly after Trials of the Dark Saber, where they go back to um, 
uh, Cronest, the like second, like where she's from, Ursa Ren, her mother, is like, mm, who is a MILF? So true, who is in a polycule with Bokutan Kreese. So um, true. <laughs> and then she's like, oh yeah, sure, like come in, whatever will help you. And also, Kanan and Ezra are there. Okay, not to be like criticizing every decision that the ghost crew makes, but like, why would you bring Kanan and Ezra? You could have brought like Hera and Zeb, and maybe things no, would have been so much easier. Literally. Because why would you bring two Jedi to Mandalore, to Mandalore when Mandalorians literally hate Jedi? And then, and then immediately there's like host, like obviously there's hostility because they're like mm, Sabine why are you here but then they're like and why are you with two jedi like girl maybe we didn't think this one through anyway then gar saxon and his stupid little imperial mandalorian mm, i hate that man like literally i'd be hard pressed to think of a star wars character i hate hate more than gar saxon except maybe tiber saxon his he's like somehow worse anyway um and then the empire and then like the like they're Mm -hmm. not the empire they're like the mandalorians who like joined up with the empire are like red and white we're here we're gonna kill you all it's slay and then tristan wren my literal best friend i'm so obsessed with him i hope he's in the ahsoka series anyway beside the point is like "Mm, actually i hate the empire and i love my family um and there's a big fight. And then Sabine fights Gar Saxon in another one of my favorite Star Wars scenes ever because she, like, wins, as she should. And then he's like, LOL, just kill me or whatever. And then she's like, no, actually. No, actually, that's not me. Like, I'm not going to do that. He dies anyway, thank God. But, like, she was still like, yeah, no, I'm not going to kill him. Which, like, respect that for her character, but, like, he needed to go. So I'm glad that he got taken care of still. And so true of her for beating him. And that is, she also, like, got the Darksaber. And, like, that's officially when she would have be, been the ruler of Mandalore, is winning the Darksaber in combat. Um, so that's really hot and sexy of her. I was thinking, I was just thinking, like, doubling back for a second. If, if Hera had, like, if Hera and Zeb had come instead of the Jedi, it would literally be, like, Hera would have been like, hey, Ursa, I've been your replacement. I've been taking care of your daughter, um, being her mom for the past few years while you were not. Um, and I do think that that would have been a nice little moment. The meeting of the moms, perhaps. But no, Dave Filoni wrote it. You wouldn't have been. <laughs> it literally just doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you bring two Jedi? Anyway. But, like, it worked out, so I guess it's fine. And then... And then Sabine is like, I'm gonna stay on Mandalore and, like, figure things out here. And she, like, says goodbye to Kanan and Ezra, and then she's like, don't say you're proud of me, and then they hug. Anyway, I can't keep talking about Kanan and Sabine because I literally start sobbing on this podcast. That moment where they hug, though, maybe I rewatch it, like, once a week just to feel something. Um... But yeah, so she stays behind on Mandalore for a bit. So sad. So sad. Because she's not with the ghost crew. It's fine. She's doing what she needs to do. I respect it. And then she comes back in the finale to save everyone from, I don't know, Thrawn, I think. 
I don't remember exactly what that battle was about. Oh, that's when the Empire finds their little base. Finds Adelon, yeah. Huh? Yeah. And oh then- my gosh. <laughs> Thinking about Bendu, anyway. <laughs> I- <laughs> Bendu. Oh my gosh. Bendu, rest in peace. You would have literally loved the leveler. No. Thinking about when he's like, he's the opposite. He's like, Kanan, I hate you. Like, you literally brought the war here. Okay, yeah. then, like, do something about it. I know. Then, like, fight the Empire about it. Anyway. Then do mm-hmm. Aren't you, like, a powerful being? Like, maybe. And then, yeah, Sabine comes back. And then season four happens. Lots of Thrawn things. Thrawn and Sabine are both art enthusiasts. And I think pre-Empire Thrawn and Sabine would have been besties. Thrawn would have been like, oh, my gosh, Sabine, you remind me of this girl named Arlani. And they would have been besties. Anyways. Remember, though, when Kanan literally died and then Sabine was, like, all upset? Isn't that just, like, Joel and Ellie from The Last of Us? <laughs> this is why your Wi-Fi keeps stopping working. It's like, you're done. <laughs> I'm not wrong, but okay. Poor Sabine. She just can't have a dad. Yeah, shout out to the Ulrich, Ursa, Bo-Katan, Kreese, Polycule. Love you guys. Um, anyway, speaking of Bo-Katan, she is there. Wow, I really hope my wife actually, that right now. She's actually kind of important, um, to Sabine's story when you think about it, aka mm. when you watch Heroes of Mandalore. So, like, John Favreau wouldn't know this, actually, because, like, he never watched it. Um, right. Sabine, and actually, um, I think it was Charles from Gold Squadron Gaze asked her to talk about, like, Sabine's relationship to leadership and like why she doesn't want to rule Mandalore so true I could talk about that for days um but yeah she comes back like with the Darksaber but basically with the intention of like not ruling herself but finding like the next ruler at Mandalore um and then Bo-Katan shows up and she's like take the dark take it take the Darksaber and Bo-Katan write this down John Favreau is like no I don't want it because I tried to rule Mandalore and I failed because the Empire came in and like replaced me and like Gar Saxon and his people like betrayed me and then took over and like killed everyone. Wish some people would remember that little moment, but you know, it's fine. We can't expect everyone to watch Star Wars Rebels, I guess. Um, Yeah, definitely (laughs) cannot expect the people who are writing the show the shows of Star Wars to watch other Star Wars shows. I literally like Bo Katan is not in in that much. She's in like two episodes of Rebels and like not even that much of Clone Wars. I promise you can watch it and think critically. Anyway, this isn't about John Favreau either. Katie Shakoff was like there though. Like he could just ask her. No, literally, like she gets it. I hear her talk yeah. about Bo Katan and I'm like, yeah, yeah, like you, you understand. understand. But yeah, so, and then eventually there's my literal favorite Bo-Katan scene is also in this, like, two-part episode, is when, um, I kind of talked about this already, when Sabine's, like, rewires her weapon, the Duchess, to hurt the target, imagine if I could speak, target the stormtroopers, um, and then Bo-Katan is like, girly, no, this is not the way. She literally says, it's not our way, it's their way so true anyway and then Sabina's like oh yeah you're right and then she's like Bessie this is why you should like rule Mandalore again and then Bo-Katan is like okay fine I'll do it 
And then mm, something happens in between then and the Mandalorian. Yeah. Wish I knew what. So another yeah. purge, I think. Something horrible because Moff Gideon is somehow involved. But yeah, so like Sabine very clearly never wants to lead Mandalore. And I think partially like it's because she's very young and also because she's still like very controversial to a lot of Mandalorians. Like they're not really going to be like a lot of people aren't going to be willing to follow her. And like and then also there's like the flip side of that where she's like, I literally created a weapon that was used against her own people. Maybe I I'm not even worthy of ruling. But I also think it's because like by the time she gives it to Bo-Katan, she spent, like, some time on Mandalore helping fight whatever, like, civil war is going on. Um, and I feel like by that point, she's like, but I need to be out in the galaxy fighting the Empire, like, whatever the word is for that. Like, she needs to be, like, out there doing it, not, like, on Mandalore fighting there. Like, she wants to be involved with the larger rebellion. And, like, the Mandalorians kind of always have their own thing going on but her priorities are like very much in line with what the rest of the ghost crew wants where she's like she wants to save Lothal she wants to fight the empire um and so I think there's a lot of reasons why she like didn't want to rule Mandalore but I think it boils down to one she didn't think that people that like enough people would accept her as a ruler and they really needed someone to like unite people at that time because it was literally a hot mess and two, she, like, needed to be out doing the work, like, out in the galaxy. Um, and that's kind of, like, even, like, after Rebels, that's what she continues to do. Like, she never, like, goes and, like, just goes back to Mandalore and, like, hangs out with her family, whatever. She's still, like, out in the galaxy, like, and, like, looking after Lothal and, like, like, yes, she has family on Mandalore, but, like, she also has a family with the ghost crew, and so she can't, like, leave the ghost crew behind to go rule Mandalore she like definitely feels some obligation to them too so I think it's kind of all those things and also because lesbian solidarity between her and Bo-Katan and she's like you I love you you should rule Mandalore as she should true I think that Hera it's really like Hera's influence on on Sabine there because you know it's the same thing that Hera did when she was younger she was like yeah there is fighting that needs to be done on Ryloth, but look at the bigger picture here. I gotta, you know, go join the galaxy. And she, it's it's so adorable because um, when Hera did that, when Hera started her little rebellion era herself um, and left Ryloth, she would have been about 18, 19. And that's the same age that Sabine is at the end of season four of Rebels. Um, so maybe, okay, maybe it's like poetry, it rhymes. Um, I love young girl bosses. I don't know what Star Wars obsession is with making like 19-year-old, 20-year-old girls like literally- Literally save the galaxy. Empires. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know what that's about, but- That was a Jin Urso. <laughs> Yeah, you slay girl, like all of them. Like Leia, Leia's the original girl boss. Like she really, yeah, she's really 19 when all that happened. Anyways, um, love our girl bosses who are all our age. Yeah, it's a lot. It really is a lot. Yeah, Sabine is like literally because Rebels takes place over the course of like five BBY to zero BBY. She's like 21 at the end. Like she is still very young. Um, which makes her 
some age in the Ahsoka series, which if I felt like doing the math, I could, but I really don't. She'd be like 32. Yeah. Dang, she's still pretty young, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's about how Ezra is like a whole adult now? No. Scary. No. Scary to think about. (laughs) And Thrawn is like old. I don't know how old Thrawn is. No, Thrawn doesn't age. What are you talking about? (laughs) I literally could never tell you how old that man is. Um, He's three years younger than Arlani. There. Like, that's how old he is. (laughs) Arlani in my mind, is, like, 30, but in reality is, like, significantly older than that. She's, like, in her 60s, like, at least. <laughs> She's a gulp, anyway. Why are we talking about Arlani? We already did it. I think kids have to age differently. They have to, because there's no way. I think Chis could definitely live for, like, 100 plus years. Oh, well, definitely. I feel like their political system requires that they no literally like what's his face the the myth patriarch before Thurvian had to be like three hundred years old at least (laughs) man was ancient like he he's like sitting on the top of a mountain just like it's already he was like hundreds of years old like he was giving like Yoda vibes in terms of age (laughs) what was that guy's name I'm a fake ascendancy trilogy starts with a th Thuraki. Thuraki, <laughs> yeah. I was struggling for a second there. That's it, that's it. <laughs> Dang, yeah, he was really old and then Where's my Patriarch Thuraki ex Yoda fanfiction? That's what I want to <laughs> know quickly. Where's our Patriarch Thuraki YA novel about like his youth and the ascendancy? <laughs> oh my gosh, Patriarch Thuraki in the High Republic when? <laughs> he could have been like... alive. We don't know. <laughs> You know who I want to see in the Ahsoka series? Cheery. Oh. <laughs> he, he goes through the world between worlds. I look pretty good for a dead bitch. Like that. <laughs> he shows up and everyone's like, oh my god, who is this like elderly chiss? And then he's like, I'm through Rocky. I'm back. Thrawn is like, what is happening? <laughs> Oh my god. Remember when Thalius was just like, yeah, I'm gonna girl boss my way through my trials right now, actually. I can't wait for, like, because we always say, like, oh, they went between the world between worlds, but that's literally what the Ahsoka series is about. No, literally. Literally people going through the world between worlds. And I'm like, now is the time for all the High Republic characters to emerge from the world between worlds. (laughs) My Chiss Ascendancy characters, where are we? Like All three firebrands are actually going to walk on to no, the no. screen in the Ahsoka Get series. From me. This is I why everyone's been posting their rancid fan casts for them, because they know it's coming. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> um, if, if Thrawn is the only Chiss that we see in the Ahsoka series, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. There's so many. There are so many. Why do we have to focus on Thrawn all the time? Yeah, this I agree. Is where we get canceled by Chiss Twitter. Less Thrawn, more Arlani. Less Thrawn, more everyone else. I'm just kidding. I want another trilogy so badly. Timothy Zahn. I'm, once again, Arlani trilogy. I wanted a cheery trilogy, but that's just me. <laughs> like, I think I'm the only one who wants that. But, like, I would read it. Like, yeah, people would read it, but no one's out there, like, 
standing on a corner with a picket sign being like, where's my Arlon? Where's my cheery trilogy? That's just me. <laughs> when are we getting the... Okay, no. Anyway, let's talk about Sabine again. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, when are we getting the Yomi trilogy? And then I was like, oh, we can't Get talk about her crying. I love her so much. When will she go into the world between worlds and be in the Ahsoka series? And she can... What do I literally cry? She can hang out with Morai because she never got to see the bird migration anyway. There's something wrong with your brain. I miss her. <laughs> she was in like, she had like two lines. They did her so dirty though. She literally just wanted to look at birds. She and then got murdered her, tossed her in the airlock. And then they told her fiance that she like was like doing a walkabout. And then he's gonna, she's never gonna come back and he's gonna be like, oh my god, she left me. Okay. What happened to him? Why wasn't he in Lesser Evil? I'm so concerned about him. You know who I wanted to see in Lesser Evil? Yes. Black Pro? Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, where is my my man? Where is he in the Ahsoka series? Here's here's how I win. Okay, Sabine is looking for Ezra and goes out to like wild space, and Lacrosse just out there. He he's he's at a farming convention with Eli Banto, and <laughs> Lacrosse and Eli Banto are on the space ranch together. Oh my gosh! I'm literally. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Never mind. I was gonna say they're on Ardock Ranch, but not. Sabina Ardock Ranch makes me literally go insane. Oh my god, Barika is going to be in the Ahsoka series, actually. You heard it here first. Dave Filoni told me himself. Yeah, actually, he's here right now. He's in the Zoom. Say hi, Dave. He's in the chat. He also said that Jon Favreau didn't watch Rebels. Thanks for the confirmation, Dave Filoni. Yeah. Anyway. What if I go tweet that from the Vodic (laughs) out? exclusive Dave Filoni says yeah I never really liked John Favreau actually <laughs> that'd be so funny we like those stupid like film twitter updates accounts that are like post like the most out of context quotes from like the worst <laughs> articles ever written um Sabine Wren Rebels finale is really a lot for me especially the epilogue because it's narrated by Sabine and she's like damn maybe I should go look for Ezra actually that's not what happened but like basically it is but like that's what happened I do think it's very interesting though she's like but then I realized that like when Ezra said he was counting on me he actually wanted me to like look for him and I was like I mean like yeah yeah like he just got blasted off in his face and you were just like okay I'll look after Lothal for you bestie anyway but there's this one moment in the finale when Ezra's like, I'm gonna surrender myself to Thrawn. And everyone's like, no, no, like, don't do that. We're gonna come up with another plan. And then he like does it anyway. And him and Sabine like look at each other across the room. And this is yeah. where I'm coming with like they're literally siblings because she's just like, and he like gives her a look and then she like gets everyone's attention away so that he can like jump up into the vent. She's the moment. Ezra, hmm. I know why Ezra didn't tell her what he was planning, but like, what if he did? I love the Rebels finale, though. It makes me scream and cry every single time. And then the epilogue makes me want to, like, curl up into a ball and just sob for my whole life. Um, And then, yeah, we're going to see her in the Ahsoka series. Really nervous for that. The Ahsoka series 
hopefully hopefully you're good the bar is literally in hell so no like I literally have no expectations they're like in below the ground like yeah Sabine I'm looking at our questions and I think we pretty much covered all of them yeah favorite Hera Sabine moment is that moment in Charles the Darksaber that's not even between them but where Hera is like I get it Sabine top three hairstyles there's not a top three it's just top one and it's the like purple and white this is not a debate (laughs) just kidding I love all her hairstyles I know that everyone hates the like short hair that she has in the epilogue I don't I think it's a sleigh anyway any final thoughts about Sabine Sabine Wren you're a lesbian and I'm sorry people think otherwise it was really obvious (laughs) so true Sabine Wren I can't wait for you to kiss a woman in the Ahsoka series, any woman, if it's Katsu Onyo, bonus points. Also bonus points if Ezra Bridger and Tristan Wren can finally confess their feelings to each other because I know that they have been in love ever since. Tristan Wren is a gay boy. Like I look yeah. at I look at that boy and I'm like, it like as much as I <clears throat> know that Bell Zetafar is a gay boy, I'm like that Tristan Wren, you are gay. Him and Ezra literally spent the entirety of Heroes of Mandalore flirting with each other. No, exactly. That's really gay of you guys. Um, yeah. You should kiss. Exactly. Ezra's gonna come... <laughs> they find Ezra and Tristan's just, like, there. And they're like, why are... And Sabine's like, why are you with my brother? And they're like, mm, because we're gay and in love. All right, that's, that's what I want from been. the Ahsoka series. My expectations are really low, actually. I just need Tristan and Ezra to be in a relationship. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love Sabine. Everyone already knows this about me. She's, like, literally probably, like, my third favorite Star Wars character. I feel like I have more to say about her, but she's just a girl boss, and she's perfect, and they better not mess this up in the Ahsoka series, because I'll start biting people. Dave Filoni, let this be- I know you're still here. Let this be a warning to you. You can consult me. Like, my email is open. My DMs are open. Thank you so much for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions. Please feel free to send us questions. You can DM them to us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd really appreciate it. Once again, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode.